Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozich. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. Touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you what, we're on the heels of the Grand Circuit action beginning this weekend at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series coming up tomorrow night. And you know what that means, Mike? That means a sign of warm weather. It's the first uh, it's the first Grand Circuit event of 2018, and Mike, that means that spring is right around the corner. That's why I'm excited. But no, honestly, it's a Think great series. Both, and hey, it's both both uh, the Matchmaker and the Levy are terrific series. Both five legs. The finals culminating on April 21st. That's a very big card that they have each and every year on that particular day at Yonkers Raceway. A lot of uh, interesting things for the gamblers. I know they have some guaranteed pulls, pick fours, pick threes throughout the car, and a pick five, I believe, as well. And uh, Mike, I'll tell you, some great horses will be showcased in this Levy. Keystone Velocity is back to defend his title. Yeah, Keystone Velocity is back to defend his uh, d- title from last year. Uh, one name we didn't see uh, in the Levy that we have before is uh, obviously foiled again. But, Mike, some uh, big names. Dr. J Hanover, Missile J is into the mix uh, somewhere in L.A. So some great, great horses. But uh, one name that will be uh, will be stricken uh, from the program, unfortunately, after uh, a terrible, terrible accident. For those of you who saw it live, uh, like I did, it was not uh, not pretty at all. As uh, driver Matt Kikaley, uh we're going to have an update on him here in just a uh, couple of minutes, um, which will also, uh, Mike, I, I believe I sent the press release over to you, which yep. will also appear in our newsletter uh, later on this evening. But uh, driver Matt Kikaley involved in an accident. He's still listed to drive. Um, obviously, uh, that won't take place, Mike. No, I guess he's supposed to be out from 8 to 12 weeks is uh, what we hear. But I'll tell you what, drivers, these guys, they tend to get back in the sulky a lot quicker than what the doctors say. Doctor's orders don't mean uh, anything to a lot of these guys, and that just goes to show how tough these guys and gals are. But, yeah, Matt Kikaley got banged up pretty bad. But you know what? If you want to look on the bright side, Mike, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, I mean, if you watch that, and, and I have a – Mike, I just – I have a problem watching spills. I mean, I, I just can't, can't do it. I mean, I watched the replay once and I couldn't do it again, but uh, on the lighter side, Jim Marone is okay. I know a lot of people on Facebook were asking about Jim Marone. Jim Marone actually went on to drive the next race. So 
he's okay. Thank goodness for that. But it's going to take a little bit of time for Matt to heal, but I'll guarantee you what, Matt will be back before you know it. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, the latest update we have on him, obviously, uh, we're going to have this posted in our newsletter later. Um, he, I talked to his wife, Annie Larrabee, yesterday, and uh, he went into surgery. Um, he's got some uh, facial fractures and some things of that sort, so they're going to have to do another surgery again next week. Um, and once all that's lined up, uh, they'll be uh, they should be good to go. So uh, you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long road ahead for him, but uh, you know what? It's going to be an exciting road, that's for sure. And you know Marcus Miller brought this up on Facebook, and we're going to have Marcus on. We're going to have Marcus on a couple of weeks ago, but he was he had some uh, flights he had to take, so he wasn't able to get on our show on that particular Thursday. But Marcus Miller brought up an interesting thing on Facebook, and this is something you know that maybe we should look into discussing is further protections for the drivers. I know Marcus mentioned maybe some sort of facial gear uh, to kind of go along with the helmets for drivers. You know, I don't know what exactly can be done i don't know what the technology is i guess you could kind of maybe look at other sports and see what they do but uh, what say you on that mike i mean once again i I don't think enough can be done ever to try to keep uh, our drivers safe out there on the racetrack yeah, definitely. I know at Colonial, we used to make them wear kind of like the flap jacket uh, type of deal. Um, yeah. They used to have to wear that uh, that protection to kind of keep their, uh, obviously, their chest cavity and that type of area safe. But, you know, it, it's going to be a tough call because um, what do you do in the mud? What do you do if it's sloppy sure. out? Uh, you know, it's, sure. it's going to be an interesting case. Of course, we can always do more uh, to be safe. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the sport comes up with. Yeah, certainly no question about that. Plus, Mike, uh, well, listen, we've got a big show coming up for you today. Uh, don't forget our brackets for uh, the 64 of you that are in the George Morton Levy brackets. Please be nice to my good friend, Mike Carter, who's kind of spearheading this thing. Please send, when you send your picks, if you haven't done so already, please send the number of the horse yes, and the name of the horse in with your selections. You have till 930 to do it. Um and 9.30 tonight's the deadline, so please get your picks in. And, you know, l- listen, we love you guys. There's some good money on the, uh, on the line here presented. Uh, is This contest is presented by the uh, Standard Bread Owners Association of New York, but uh, we've sent you out plenty of emails, so if you don't get your picks in by 9.30, that, that's it, buddy. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much clearer to put it, but you're not going to – you're going to be disqualified. You're going to forfeit your match, so – Get your picks in by 9.30 tonight. I mean, there's some good free money out there at stake. So, And it's an exciting tournament. We had a great tournament last year with 32. We doubled to 64. Mike, it only took, what, about a day to fill it? So it filled up very, very <laughs> right. fast. But uh, once again, please be kind to Mike Carter. Don't make him go to his second bottle of Excedrin today. Make sure <laughs> that you get your picks in in an orderly fashion because we want to make sure that everything's right. And uh, hey, we want to make sure that it's fun for everybody, Mike. Definitely. Well, we've got a uh, we've got some breaking news to come up uh, regarding our live remote schedule uh, coming up. Uh, we'll bring it up about eleven, eleven uh, ten or so. Uh, we sure. want to get into our guests, obviously. But uh, Emily Gasket is up first. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to Emily Gaskin uh, to talk about the upcoming Hoosier Park race meet. That's right. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. 
at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by a very special marketing person at Hoosier Park, Emily Gaskin. Emily, how's it going? Uh, I know I didn't want to return to Ohio from Florida. I can only imagine what it was like uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, much the same. I, you know, and especially lately, uh, always in March, there's a couple days there where it just seems ridiculously cold, and I and I think we've hit that yesterday. We were out at qualifiers, and I think the temperature was 26 degrees, and I was officially over it. All right, Emily. Well, listen, it, it, spring is coming because Hoosier Park is about to begin at the end of the month. And I tell you what, I cannot wait for some of the uh, racing action coming up at Hoosier Park. But uh, what say you about some of the big things that are coming up, uh, maybe some changes that are coming up in 2018? Yeah, we're really excited. You know, just like you said, uh, it's uh, truly a sign of spring when the backside opens at Hoosier Park. So we officially started our qualifiers yesterday, and they'll run Wednesday through Saturday. Opening night is March 30th this year. So we're going to be uh, Friday, Saturday. So it'll be March 30th and March 31st. Then we come back the following week uh, on Thursday. So then we run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we resume the Tuesday through Saturday schedule uh, all the way through November 10th. So uh, five days a week uh, after we get those first few weeks out of the first two weeks out of the way uh, with the 6:30 p.m. post. Um, but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you talk about some changes and things like that. Um, we're really you know going to ride the momentum of the Breeders' Crown. Um, we were able to you know experience a lot of great things with the Breeders' Crown, and and I think uh, that's kind of what we're focusing on this uh, season is just. You know, there were a lot of things that we think uh, that went really well, and we're just going to focus on those. Um, bring back some new handicapping contests. Uh, we saw, you know, some success with that at the Breeders' Crown. Um, so we're going to introduce some new handicapping contests, things like that, um, you know, and then just really focus on the, the quality of racing and, and putting out a great racing product every night, uh, five days a week. Emily, Mike Bozich here. You know, you got you, you talk about the Breeders' Crown, and, uh, of course, Hoosier Park was well represented at the Dan Patch Award, uh, getting the uh, Stan Bergstein Proximity Award. And, you know, this is always uh, worth repeating. How many different committees did you guys have to prepare for the Breeders' Crown? I love hearing this number, and it never gets old. Uh, 
Yeah, we had 22 different committees. Wow. Uh, I always said 23 because we needed an after-party committee, but uh, that one never – Well, that's that the most important committee, the after-party committee. That was the <laughs> most important one. That's what I said. <laughs> but, yeah, so we had 22 different committees, and we met for 18 months. We were actually just talking about this in meetings. Uh, you know, I said, I feel like my schedule is so free. Well, it is because we literally had British Crown meetings. We had 22 different committees, and, and I would say I was probably on – you know, 15 of those committees. And uh, so it was just a different Breeders' Crown meeting every single day. And um, I just, I, like I said, I feel like my time is so freed up because we don't have Breeders' Crown meetings. But uh, no, you know, it's something that uh, it was a, it was one of those you prepare and, uh, you know, we, we saw the results of that. And it was really cool to see, you know, they talk about, you know, being prepared and all of this stuff. And, and that's definitely what we were. So that was something, uh, you know, really unique to see. Um, and uh, I'm proud of our team for that. But, yeah, we all feel like uh, we have a lot more time on our hands. <laughs> well, Emily, that is awesome. Now, we've got a loaded stakes program coming up at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in 2018. Uh, we're actually going to be at the Dan Patch and the Hoosier Pacing Derby as we were last year. But uh, a loaded stakes program and the Indiana Sire Stakes Program is a fantastic uh, program as well. If you haven't checked it out, you got to make sure to uh, check out some of the racing because some of the uh, – some of the horses of the year for the last couple of years have been either Indiana bred or Indiana sired. So uh, it's uh, the, the racing coming out of Indiana is definitely uh, one of the stronger, one of the stronger meets for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, you know, just because, uh, you know, the program is so strong, the sire stakes program. And I really particularly like the way that it's laid out. It just so, it just fits so nicely, uh, you know, with the Grand Circuit program, and you can kind of pick and choose your spots as far as what Grand Circuit races they want to try, and that's kind of what we've seen, you know, the last few years with Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always Be Mickey, and Freaky Feet Pete, and Hanover Hanover, they were able to come into this, this Indiana Sire Stakes program and kind of pick and choose their spots, but then they were still able to go out on the big stage and, you know, pick and choose the dances that they wanted to dance, and that's what I love about the Indiana program, and I love about our stakes schedule. It just fits so nicely, uh, you know, with the with the Grand Circuit program, and um, just like I said, you know, it's a loaded stakes program. We start with the Dan Patch on August 10th. We actually start with the Nadia LaBelle. Uh, Blazing Bridges won that last year um, as she started her kind of Grand Circuit campaign. Uh, that'll be in July, and then we go into the Dan Patch in August, and this will be the 25th year, so this is Georgia Park's uh, silver anniversary, if you will, so the 25th edition of the Dan Patch Stakes. Uh, the last two years we've had a supplement that's been right around 325000 but estimated purse of 300000 and, you know, it's just always one of those races that I think, uh, like I said, fits nicely in the state schedule, kind of uh, a nice spot for those older pacers, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. I think, you know, in true Hoosier Park fashion, with it being the 25th year, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of extra activities to go along with that and kind of a commemorative season. Um, as far as that's concerned. But, you know, the, the, like I said, the Grand Circuit, we get really busy in September and October, and then we have the Hoosier Champion Super Finals Night, which is, you know, uh, over $1.2 million. Um, and just a program, you know, that, I, like I said, I, I can't say it enough. I feel like it fits so nicely with the Grand Circuit. And like you said, if you haven't checked out the Indiana program, I encourage you to do so because we've seen so many horses go on and do great things uh, from this Indiana program. 
and not only Emily is the Sire Stakes program very strong in Indiana, but you know the Grand Circuit races as well. But you guys have a very solid overnight program, a very competitive overnight program. Certainly something for gamblers to take notice to. They're you know full fields, uh, the Dime Supers. I've heard on so many occasions how well the Dime Supers pay there. I mean, from a gambling point of view, in your overnight program, that's very solid as well. Yeah, yeah, and and thanks for bringing that up as well. You know, uh, well, that's something that, you know, we try to pride ourselves on. Last year we went from 14 races on Saturday to 12 races on Saturday, and that's just to, uh, you know, and that was by design to, you know, try to make the fuller fields for the gamblers and really put together a really quality program. And, uh, you know, hats off to our racing secretary, Scott Piney, because he has had to get pretty creative as far as our overnights are concerned. Uh, you know, with the purses at Miami Valley and a couple of those other places where we're a 160-day meet, uh, you know, so we kind of have to think long-term. And, and uh, he's done a great job of putting together some series and things like that that, you know, these guys can focus on early in the meet, and then he comes back, you know, in the middle of the meet, and then obviously late in the meet as well. But um, from a gambling perspective, yes, you know, we try to offer, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, varieties for the gamblers. And like you said, we put together – uh, full field and, and competitive racing night after night. The same, uh, a lot of the same betting options will be back this year. We're going to have some guaranteed wagers on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have a $20,000 guaranteed trifecta on Wednesday and a $10,000 guaranteed pick four on Thursday. We're actually moving the pick four though this year um, to races four through seven. We just feel like we'll get a little more bang for our buck. And then we will still have that Hoosier high five with the reduced takeout. Uh, on the last race of the night, every program. So um, that's another thing we're going to focus on this year. You know, we're going to try to do some guaranteed instant guaranteed wagers uh, with some carryovers and things like that. Um, but yeah, we're going to put an emphasis on uh, on the wagering product. And Emily, one final question before we let you go. Uh, and uh, you did, we just got the press release just a day ago about the uh, internships. That's one another thing that Hoosier Park does very well. Tries to get the younger people involved with various internships. And it looks like uh, you guys are going to repeat that formula again this year. Yes, yes. And uh, again, I keep saying thank you for bringing that up. But yes, if you know anybody out there, rock star interns are wanted at Hoosier Park this season. I think I talked to Mike about it, uh, you know, at the Breeders' Crown. And it's something that I take very passionately uh, I, as part of my job. I had a couple of internships. I was able to internship. Uh, I had an internship with Greg Schuler and Kathy Parker at the Horseman and Fair World. And, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that it taught me more than my four years uh, in college. So it's something that I take very personally and, very, and I am very passionate about. I like to get these, uh, you know, young college kids in here, and, and try to teach them about racing and, you know, um, and, and explain to them, uh, you know, we get a lot of kids from Ball State that literally have no idea uh, anything about racing and they live 20 minutes from the track. And, you know, for instance, we had a gal last year, um, she came in, didn't know anything about racing, and now she's writing stories about Hanover, Hanover for uh, the Midwest Harness Report, and I think she hit a couple pick fives last season, and so it's something that I take, uh, you know, very personally, and it's a great experience for anybody wanting to get some marketing experience, but also, you know, get, get a racing side and some sports marketing. Uh, we try to get them to work with all our different departments, uh, get some charity involvement, get some community involvement, work with our drivers, our trainers, and then obviously also the nightly racing program. So, yes, if anybody out there knows anybody looking for an internship, uh, send them my way. They can email me. Um <laughs> any resumes and uh, our racing season is April through November. So 
All right, Emily. Well, real quick before we let you go, uh, one one thing I remembered from Florida was how cool it was to have uh, have Ric Flair uh, kind of join and kind of join that. And uh, we wanted to, you know, since you got to see him in person like I did, we wanted to uh, make this announcement now. Uh, Ric Flair's actually going to be on our show next week. Uh, we've worked it out oh to God, where Ric, Ric Flair will be on Post Time with Mike and Mike uh, next week. That's so exciting. He was great, too. Uh, you know, he was just a, a good sport, and, he, you know, he was, he was fun to be around. He brought a lot of energy. So that's awesome for you guys. That'll be really exciting. All right. Well, Emily, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with Hoosier Park. Obviously, we're with the two remotes, but we'll be checking in with you throughout the meet. All right. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. All right, that was Emily Gaskin uh, from Hoosier Park. They always do a phenomenal job. And that's right, Mike, the nature boy, Ric Flair, will be on the show next week. And I, I have to tell you, we kind of put out a couple of teaser graphics over the last couple of days, the last one a little bit more obvious than the first one. Um, but you would not be, you'd be so surprised about how many private messages and texts that I've received. Well, what are you going to talk to Ric Flair about? What we just got to do with harness racing? And I'll tell you what this has to do with harness racing, okay? The WWE and professional wrestling is a multi-million dollar uh, marketer. All they do is market, 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 market. And Ric Flair has been with the WWE and with professional wrestling for a long time. And we're going to try to pick Rick's brain a little bit about what his advice is to a sport like ours that desperately needs that demographic that uh, the WWE and professional wrestling currently has. So I don't know whether he can help us or not. We're going to certainly find out uh, next week. All right, Mike. Well, normally at this point we uh, we take a quick time out, but our uh, but our next guest is a uh, is a radio aficionado himself, and uh, we want to make sure we get him get him moving before uh, before he's got to get back on the air. Uh, Pete Medhurst, the voice of Navy football and Rosecroft Raceway, joins the program now. Pete, what's going on, my friend? Gentlemen, good morning to you, and that is exciting because i i watched I watched Ric Flair really before he blew up. Uh, as a big-time talent, because I used to be a big fan of NWA wrestling and, and what uh, Jim Crockett did with that promotion down south and Flair and guys like Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, they were a huge part of that. And if there's anybody that can sell anything, I don't care if it's horses, a game of backgammon, or drinks on the <laughs> corner of the road, Ric Flair can sell it, my friend. And that's what made him the performer uh, that he was, because he could he was just he he knew exactly how to sell it every single time, and he did not disappoint. Well, it should be an interesting show full of uh, woos, my friend. That's for darn sure. Well, Pete, listen, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're talk a little bit about uh, Rosecroft Raceway. Talk about the handle, man. I'm telling you what, the handle has been up, and I know Rosecroft Raceway has been reaping the rewards from that. Well, I mean, it's been exciting to see more interest in the product. And I, and I think, you know, you have to applaud our management with the Maryland Jockey Club taking over in the fact that we, you know, I mean, guys, we've experimented. I mean, we have not stayed on the same days uh, seemingly uh, since they've taken over. We've, we've just been searching for the right place uh, in the menu uh, for our product. And, you know, we've stumbled upon a, a good time on Sundays in this Wednesday format right now uh, has worked out. Uh, we've got great partners with ExpressBet.com. TVG took most of our card last night, which I thought considerably. And, and you all know, I mean, uh, with your own tracks, uh, it, you know, when you're dealing with uh, a network like TVG, you know, you're, you, 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 it, it, a lot of it is luck. I mean, you know, do you get your race on before a commercial break comes? And, 
uh, stuff like that. And, and does it come before another track is going? And you know how all those things work. And, you know, we, we, we've been very lucky. Uh, we, you know, we've had a high of 249, which for us, uh, you know, going two nights a week, uh, it, it was extraordinary a couple of weeks ago. Last night, again, up over 200,000. And, uh, Mike, you, you look at a lot of the numbers. I mean, you see them uh, at, at different tracks around the country. Uh, clearly, there's a little bit more interest in our product. And, you know, as we've said all along, uh, you know, we've got full fields and uh, racing's competitive, you know, and, and I, I, like, uh, I like our colony of drivers a lot. I like uh, the horsemen uh, that we've had very loyal to our product, uh, considering we're only racing two nights a week. So I think a lot of those things add up. Uh, and, you know, last night it was one of the most difficult nights you can ask a horseman. You know, you're out there with 30-mile-an-hour winds gusting out there, uh, and it's an incredibly difficult uh, thing for the horsemen to put on a great show, and yet they did, and the, and the betters responded. Hey, Mike Bozich here, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the product is definitely there. It's just a matter of trying to find that niche, trying to kind of weave through the traffic of racetracks and, and getting on TVG and all that. But um, you guys do have some live promotions coming up, especially one that's certainly making a lot of headlines, the I Want to Be a Driver, and that's going to take place a couple times this year. I know last year it was you guys kind of started. It was a big hit. Talk a little bit about that and uh, the interest in that. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you guys know uh, the bit, one of the biggest challenges we have in the sport is cultivating new audience. Um, it's just like us in radio. I mean, you know, we have our diehard, you know, 25 to 54 people who are always going to turn on the radio, but yet, you know, we need new audience. How do we get new people attracted uh, to the sport, especially younger people? How do we get them uh, involved? Uh, and for many of them, they've never seen a harness race before. And Gina Maybe's done an incredible job. Um, you know, she's now uh, in charge of uh, the Cloverleaf organization, essentially running their everyday uh, functions. And she's done a tremendous job, expended a lot of energy to, to make this promotion happen. And she's gotten great response every time that it's happened. More and more people are having fun with it, talking about it on social media. That has now attracted other people who want to get involved with it. And you know as well as anything, anytime you can put the actual lines uh, of a horse in someone's hands and show them the true excitement of how uh, this sport is really conducted, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a great effect on them. And, and, and Gina deserves all the credit. She has expended uh, so much energy and our horsemen, and, and, you know, cooperating by donating their horses uh, and their time uh, to the promotion as well, because you couldn't do it uh, without their contribution either. And, and I think the reaction of the people has been what's been most exciting because not only have they enjoyed it, but then they come back out and they watch the races again. They bring friends who then want to uh, get involved in the promotion if they can possibly do that. And I think that's, that's exactly the reaction uh, that you're hoping for uh, from that. Also, we've got another promotion this week, got a handicapping contest. So anybody in our area that wants to come out live on track, uh, we've got a little handicapping contest, $1,000 on the line uh, as well. So uh, over the next two Sundays, so come on out and uh, show your handicapping skills. We've got some great handicappers at Rosecroft. It's going to be a very tough competition. Uh, so folks can come on out and see if they can uh, put some money in their pockets. Well, Pete, uh, real quick before we let you go, uh, let's let's kind of talk about handicapping Rosecroft a little bit. Uh, I got to uh, participate in a challenge against our man Russ Adams, and I'll tell you what, handicapping Rosecroft is not as easy as people may think, that's for sure. No, the fields are deeper now, Mike. I, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, last night, our fifth race, and I, I said this when I did uh, uh, my Facebook Live handicapping preview before the fifth race and uh, previewing the pick three. You know, the fifth race last night legitimately had six horses um, that that you could make a case for without coming up with some really outlandish, lucky excuse to get 
uh, involved. And I think that's the, the beauty of what's happening is the purses are good. People have now – we're seeing trainers now go out and refresh their barns a little bit. They're bringing in new talent. Uh, Carrie Welty uh, and her mom, Judy, they do a great job, especially with trotters. Uh, they have stumbled upon a couple of swan for alls now out of the uh, Blooded Horse Sale in Ohio, brought them back here. First-time starter last night. That horse uh, picked up a win. And I think that's exciting, the fact that people are going out now and, and finding some fresh stock to race. It's making our fields deeper, and it, it's making those uh, bets obviously a little bit more challenging. But it's also offering you value as a better. you know, you got six horses. They're not all going to be two to one. So, you know, you get the right one in that race. You have my word. I thought really had a great chance, even though the Brian Tomlinson Barnes went off to a slow start. You knew they were going to get it together at some point. That horse raced great last night. You got good value uh, as a part uh, of that race. So that, that's the beauty of what's happening now. Obviously, you bet Frank Milby. Uh, he's our leading driver right now. Roger Plant had four wins last night. He's been driving superb. Ken Schlottower's barn, which eventually won last year, got off to a really slow start last year. They're going gangbusters right now. I mean, he's, he's won 10 races. John Hollingsworth, a trainer, has also gotten off to a terrific start. So I think in, in terms of that, you know, handicapping our races, fields are deeper, giving you more value. And um, that's been exciting to watch. It's part of the reason why I think, again, our handle uh, has been on the increase. And, Pete, I, we know you got to get going, but one more thing before we let you go. We uh, noticed you've been doing the, the little handicapping things before the races, and I think that's fantastic, some good insight, especially for people that may have never played Rosecroft before. Uh, where could they find that? I know you've been doing it on Pete on Sports on your Facebook. Tell us exactly how we can get to it. Yeah, it's a separate page uh, available on Facebook. Very easily, just search Pete on Sports, and uh, you can subscribe to that page. And uh, we do it every race night, Sunday nights, uh, and Wednesday nights, and we'd love to have people's participation. A lot of our local folks are now finding it. And, um, you know, look, social media has been great. Mike, Mike's been doing it at Northfield. You and Rich have been doing it at Chester. I said, hey, uh, why not follow their lead? They've been doing terrific things with social media and see if it can pick things up. We've been able to cultivate some Twitter followers uh, on our race nights who have interacted with us. And, look, social media is here. You have to embrace it. You can't look at it as an enemy. So That's right. You guys have been doing a fantastic job utilizing that, and I think that's what we have to do in harness racing. We've got to utilize every tool that uh, we can have. And, listen, the cost for social media is actually right, isn't it? Pete had to go there. He had to drop. We had to, he had to, he's actually working, Mike. I think he's working, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's working, and uh, so we're glad that uh, he was able to join us at least for a little bit. But I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, the full field, he's no, not kidding. I was able to catch a couple of bombs at uh, Rosecroft the other night, and I'll tell you, man, it is, uh, it's definitely some good racing, great value, and uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it certainly is. It's in like – you know, Pete mentioned it, and you know, we go. Th- I know you go through it at Northfield. We go through it at Chester. They've been they've been doing it at Yonkers. I think pretty much every track does it. You have to kind of find your spot. You know, really racing, and I'm glad. And Thoroughbreds have, have been starting to do this too. Even though I think Harness is a little bit better at it, to be perfectly honest, about trying to space their races out and trying not to race on top of each other. And you know, there's going to be situations where it's unavoidable. Uh, you know, there's going to be situations where you have it mapped out perfectly and horses can go back in the paddock for a shoe repair uh, or something, you know, equipment adjustment or anything. And that could kind of throw everything off whack. But, uh, you know, I, every, I think every track has been really making an attempt to do that lately. And I think that's very, very, very important to try to get their product out. And Rosecroft's been doing a lot better job of it. Yonkers has been doing a lot better job of it. And look at the, the handles for both tracks. They, they've gone up, Mike. 
And definitely, I completely, uh, completely agree. Well, we're going to take a, a very short time out. Boy, we uh, went through a half hour there. <laughs> Where did the time did we go? Sure did. Well, we, we, we flew that was rapid radio. <laughs> that was rapid we, radio, my friend. We, we and actually, flew through a half hour. We did. I don't even know where it went. But listen, we've got the first of two mystery guests coming up. Did you notice That's the graphic? Right. Oh, yeah. The shadowy, the shadowy, ominous figures. Oh yeah, the shady on uh, yeah, but I can't even say it. I'm I'm in this <laughs> You're too busy working on that Levy score sheet. You better take a couple more, et cetera. <laughs> when we come back, it's the first of our two mystery guests, so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, plus, uh, Pete Finale from Yonkers is going to join us. We're going to break down. It is the first leg of the match, uh, the blue chip matchmaker, and the George Morton Levy series coming up at Yonkers. So we're going to kind of dissect those. That's coming up at about eleven fifteen, and then we have another mystery guest. We've got a newsletter coming out. We've just got so much going on here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. Twelve championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick gonna coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pet Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again at Pet Rock together. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555.
We're back on Both Sam and Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And it's time to reveal who the first of two mystery guests are on this program. And right now, without further ado, making his post time with Mike and Mike debut, it's a guy that I remember from Hazel Park Raceway in Michigan. Remember from Illinois before that? It's our man, the bomber, Larry Stahlbaum. Larry, welcome to the program, my friend. Hello, how are you? Uh, fantastic. Good to talk to you. It's been a little bit, but Larry, you're going to be busy because you've got some action in the blue chip matchmaker and the George Morton Levy. Just want to get your opinions on a couple of these horses that you have racing. First of all, Friday night in the blue chip matchmaker, you've got a horse by the name of Gina Grace. She starts from post date. Obviously post date's going to be a pretty tough assignment from her. She is four to one on the morning line and she has been racing pretty well. What can you tell us about her? Yeah, she's been good. You know, she's uh, you know she's all right. We bought her just for hopefully you know good enough to be in here, and she looks like she fits. So uh, you know them them really really top mares, uh, the ones that are in there. I don't know if I can handle them, but uh, we're gonna give it a try. That's for sure. Larry, when you talk about post state at at uh, at Yonkers, obviously it's a very tough assignment. No matter how good of a horse you have, uh, but they did take out the passing lane there. First of all, let's get your thoughts on the passing lane. What do you think about the fact that they've taken that out, and have you noticed a difference in the racing style there? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, it's not probably as different as uh, I think it will eventually get to be. Uh, I think the thing everybody, maybe some people didn't realize, you know, 99% of the drivers racing there now never drove without a passing lane in their life. You know, uh, I myself, you know, Saratoga, I mean, not Saratoga, uh, Sirota Downs is the first one to ever put it in. I happened to be there that meet. And uh, other than that, uh, you know, every place, no place had one. We all still had up rails back when I was racing, you know, when I first started. And, uh, you know, there was no passing lane. So we drove totally different back then and, uh, than now. And all the drivers there, they're all, you know, they're all quite young as far as this day and age. And they're, you know, they never drove without them. So, uh, uh, you know, I think it'll even change even more, you know. And, uh, well, Larry, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you returned to Yonkers Raceway. Uh, you kind of returned to that area for the first time in a couple of years. I know that you used to race at Monticello Racetrack. Uh, what made you make the move uh, from that type, that area to uh, Western New York? Uh, well, I was had a big plan of slowing down a little and go out there and just race three days a week and take it easy. And uh, we just bought up some cheaper horses and uh, you know kept my few good ones I had and. Uh, and that was the game plan. And then, uh, you know, I understand why retirement isn't for everyone because, uh, you know, it's not real good when you've worked every day of your life, you know, and uh, worked hard and long hours. And then all once you go, well, now what do I do? So uh, so I decided to buy up some new ones and good ones and come back and race out here a little bit. And uh, Kim bought a farm out, in, uh, out by Batavia. So we're going to eventually have – uh, stable racing out there and a stable here. Uh, you know, my daughter will probably take over the operation out here and race these out here, and I'll go back and forth or whatever I decide to do. <laughs> Let's uh, get back to the blue chip matchmaker, Larry. Race uh, number 10 on Friday night once again. Uh, boy, you certainly didn't get any favors from uh, 
the draw people, but the number eight, Miss, Miss Irish Rose, uh, and she's a very nice mare. I mean, she's won 17 of 47 uh, starts. She's three for eight this year, and she's been competing at, uh, against the pretty high-level uh, horses at Yonkers since coming from Monticello. But once again, they're going to have to work your magic and try to uh, navigate from post eight. Yeah, she's. I really, really like this mare. I mean, I, I think uh, she's actually a little better than the other mare. Uh, she's way quicker. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping maybe you know if I look over and there's not a lot of them pushing, we'll take a we'll take a stab at it. And uh, I I really really like her. And uh, you know, both of them are going to need some luck. And like I said, I might not be able to handle them them few top notch ones, but with a little bit of luck and a little bit of magic, maybe we can uh, you know overcome everything. Larry, let's talk about post eight a little bit. Obviously, post eight at Buffalo and Batavia is a little bit different than, uh, say, post eight at Monticello and Yonkers. Uh, when you're navigating a horse from the outside, uh, what kind what kind of strategy kind of goes into play? Do you just hope for luck, or do you just try to get into an early position, or do you maybe read the program a little and decide, okay, I want to try to get you know about fourth or fifth in the pack? Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a little different Buffalo, Batavia, Monticello than from Yonkers, (laughs) and it's a whole other ball game. But, uh, yeah, you look at the program, and uh, you look at the program, make your decision uh, whether – and also, what you know, what class you're in. Are you up in class? Are you a little over your head? Or, you know, when when Buffalo, Batavia, if you're kind of got a good spot, you know, you you can kind of pull your way a little more sometimes, but – you know, Yonkers, it's way tougher out there, you know. Let's talk about Saturday, uh, Larry, George Morton Levy Series action. The first of five legs, race number four. You have a horse by the name of Chumley, another high-percentage winner. Has won four of eight this year. Had a very tough trip in the Open last time. Still managed to finish fourth despite being parked a mile. You certainly have to be happy with that effort. Previous to that, Larry, this horse has won uh, four of his last five so this horse is coming in very sharp, but once again, the outside draw. Yeah, yeah, it won't matter matter quite as much to this horse. Uh, he he can take a lot of air. Uh, it doesn't matter to him. He can do anything. He he is actually I've only ever raced him with a with a covered up trip one time, and uh, he he was unbelievable. So I know when I uh, when I do work out a really good trip, I, this horse might surprise a lot of people, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of uh, I'm not afraid of anybody with this horse. I and he might disappoint me. He might not be able to go to that next level, but boy, he's been unbelievable. He really has. I uh, I really I just can't say enough good about this horse. He's got a great attitude. He loves his job. He'll do anything you want. He'll leave. He'll duck. He'll come early. He'll he just does it all. At race number seven, you have Simply Cessational, and it's a field of seven. And it kind of, not, not a weaker division, but it's uh, definitely a little bit easier than facing <laughs> facing some of the other horses. Obviously, you have Even in a Pleasure and Rock and Ron coming off a big victory. But Simply Sensational uh, draws pretty well for you, Larry, and uh, is, is coming off uh, some decent efforts. Yeah, I mean, his only problem is I wish I would have had him two months earlier. Uh, I think he I bought him, he come... You know, I mean, he, he raced with the top-notch horses in Australia, and that's why I bought him. Uh, I just I haven't had him long enough, really. I uh, I wish he had a few more starts under his belt. Uh, he's very aggressive. Maybe that's probably his downside. He's a little too aggressive sometimes. Uh, got me into trouble a couple starts ago. I started him a little bit, and then when I went to grab him, he, you know, ended up making a break. 
And uh, But I just really, like I said, I wish I had him a few more starts, but he does have all the credentials and has all the speed. And, uh, you know, time will just tell because I really don't know. I haven't had him long enough. Well, that's Larry Staubaum. Larry, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. One uh, real quick thing before we let you go. Uh, Kim Asher's coming up on a milestone. She's, uh, I believe she's 13 wins away from career win 2000. And I'll tell you what, you guys have had a, a really good partnership uh, throughout the years. And, and uh, obviously, it's, uh, it certainly had to be a great thing. You certainly got to be proud of her. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I know she's getting close. We didn't know how many quite, but uh, 2,000 wins here pretty quick. So. Uh. She's All right, well, Larry, setting, listen, we she's certainly... actually sitting here beside me if you'd want to say hi. hi. Is she, well, hello, Kim. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Doing fantastic. Well, listen, uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us, and uh, uh, best of luck to you in the Levy and the uh, in the, the Blue Chip Matchmaker. And, and, Kim, listen, if Larry's thinking about retiring, don't let him retire. We can't let Larry retire. We, we have too much fun watching Larry drive and train and watching you guys have success. So whenever Larry starts talking about retirement, you you know, you got to quell him down a little bit, Kim. <laughs> I was looking forward to it, but he certainly can't handle it. So I'm sure it's not in our future anytime soon. <laughs> All right, and of course, you, 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 the kids are starting to help out now. How are the kids doing, guys? Uh, the kids are amazing. They can do it all on their own now. They're growing up. They're they're definitely self sufficient and can do anything they want now. All right. Well, I know you guys have come a long way, and uh, Larry, I missed talking to you in the race office at, at Hazel Park when uh, you used to put fifteen or twenty of them in, and our box only had sixty-five. <laughs> you had half the you had half the damn box. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just get them in. Just get them in. I don't care where you put them. Get them. Get them in. They, I, I check the stalls every morning. They, there's no eggs in them, and they don't give no milk. So we got to line up behind the gate to make money. <laughs> Larry, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Kim, you too, and guys, best of luck to you in the in the Levy and the Matchmaker. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Good. Bye. All right, that was uh, Larry. Well, we got two for one, Mike, there. We got Kim Asher who's coming up on 2,000 wins. You can find that in the uh, newsletter Milestone. And, of course, Larry Staubaum. And uh, I'll tell you what, I remember, Mike, the, back in those days working in the Hazel Park Race Office back in 2004, 2005, Saturday rolls around. And, and that Saturday is when we used to race our top-class horses. And, obviously, that's the first thing that goes when you start having a horse shortage issue. The top class horses are, you know, you start to get five and six horse fields and, and Larry just, he had a bunch of them. I mean, he had a bunch of, of uh, really good horses at the time and he would put probably about 10 or 15 in the box on Saturday and just say, put them wherever you can, put them wherever you can. And the problem is, is that, you know, those horses earn so much that we didn't have enough races to, to accommodate Larry in a lot of cases. Cause he had a, he had a 40, 50 head barn back then. Yeah, when you start winning uh, just about every race and every class, it gets tough because then the open is going to be uh, you versus you versus you versus Pretty much. versus you. I mean, it's and that know, was it, you know what, and and now I know some of the states now they actually allow uh, uh, coupling. We didn't allow coupling back then, back in Michigan. I mean, if you were you know you only had one horse to go, that was it, and you could only put one horse in at each particular class, and that you know that really kind of uh, put Larry and, and company in handcuffs there because, you know, they really didn't know what to do. I mean, as far as getting their horses raced and everything, but the, it was great. I mean, just uh, always had a, a pleasure working with Larry Stahlbaum and, and he's going to be a busy man coming up this weekend. Who else is going to be busy, Mike, besides you putting these brackets together is uh, <laughs> our guy from Yonkers Raceway, Pete Vanalia. He's going to be joining us. So we're going to try to dissect 
uh, from a handicapping point of view, the uh, blue chip match making the George Morton Levy. Always great competitive races, and we're going to hear from Pete next. Plus, we still have one more mystery guest, and it's no longer a mystery, Mike, who we're going to have next week. The Nature Boy, Rick Flair, will be on this program coming up next week, and we're going to talk to him about uh, Lost in Time, the horse that was gifted to him by Scott Robinson. Not 100%, but uh, a couple of percentage points at least anyway, so we're going to talk to Rick about that and how we enjoyed the Dan Patch. That's coming up next week on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. And, I'm, and Mike, you, you were like, listen, I remember you telling me, you better get this guy live because you are not taping him. You are not doing that interview by yourself. Hey, listen, I've already agreed to do it by myself, so uh, I'm shoving you oh, off well, the – Oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, the... hold on a second. So, so a couple of days before, I already taped Ric Flair. Sorry. Yeah, well, listen, when I hit the when I hit your X, your big red X, you're not going to be too happy now, are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness, boy. I'll tell you what. Hey, P Finale is coming up, and uh, we got another mystery guest coming up as well. So we still have a lot to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a flash. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com.
We're back on Buzz Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozic, along with Mike Carter, a mystery guest is coming our way around 11.30. But first, it's Yonkers Raceway's very own Pete Finale. Pete, how are you, my friend? Doing just great. Thanks for having me on, guys. And it's the ex- most exciting time of the year for me, except for the Yonkers International Trot in October. I, I just love the Levy Series and the Blue Chip Matchmaker. It's uh, the harness racing equivalent of pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, it's, it's It really is fantastic. Yeah, it certainly is. And I'll tell you what, it's also one of my favorite series because you get my favorite two groups of horses, the older mares, and I shouldn't even call them older, the experienced veteran mares, the experienced <laughs> veteran uh, uh, pacers, uh, the boys. And I'll tell you what, they go at each other for five straight weeks, all culminating in the finals on April 21st. And that whole card, it's filled with consolations. And, of course, the matchmaker finals and the uh, Levy finals, as well as uh, just a good betting program, a good solid uh, wagering format with pick threes and pick fours throughout the card. And I'll tell you what, it's just a great, great day but like i was telling mike carter like you were saying like catch, catch, uh, pitches and catches reporting when the levy series rears its head boy that means it's time for warm weather i, I couldn't agree more and you know, we're very fortunate this year with uh, the fields that we've drawn we have a couple of uh, we have champions uh, all around us we have a couple of levy uh, champions already in the levy field plus one more on the undercard ph supercam and uh, we have the top two finishers from uh, last year's blue chip matchmakers so it's it's uh, really exciting that we have not only the best horses we have the best drivers and the best trainers yonkers raceway will be the place to be for the next six weeks well, Pete, let's uh, let's kind of dive into the uh, blue chip matchmaker uh, fields. It starts in race number seven on Friday night. And the one thing I love about this, with the exception of Mocket Apar, it, it, there's a ton of names in here that I haven't really seen before. Uh, they, obviously, some have been racing at Yonkers. I see one here from uh, Dover Downs on in, on the inside in uh, Sharton End. But this is a pretty uh, vi- pretty well matched field and an exciting uh, field, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. I think uh, Chardonnay has really shown some uh, real ability down at Dover. I made the trip up to Meadowlands and lost by a nose, so really a nose shy of a five-race winning streak. Uh, I think it's going to be very tough. Of course, Market a par on the outside uh, is going to have to overcome that, but uh, that one certainly has shown uh, a lot of ability and a fondness for the Yonkers Raceway surface. So I think those are the two best horses in the field, but obviously Chardonnay has the uh, tactical advantage with the inside draw. All right, race number eight uh, is the next race in the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series, second division of leg one of five, and you've got the two heavy hitters starting from posts one and two. You have Celibid, uh, who's won three of her last four. She uh, absolutely loves this oval. Then you have the millionaire, L.A. Delight, 23 of 48 in the wind column. She's making her second start of the year after a needed start from post seven last time with Marcus Johansson in the now she gets Yannick Shingra. She gets a much better post. She should be much tighter. Uh, this could uh, easily be a race between Celibate and L.A. Delight here. It could be, but it's a very interesting race in that you have the two runners, runners up from the last two years, Celibate, of course, a couple of years ago, and Medusa last year. So they both have proven themselves through the long slog of the, the blue chip matchmaker series and going week to week and earning the points to get into the final. Obviously, Celibate has the tactical advantage on uh, on Friday night this week. Uh, but as you point out, this uh, I believe this Jingra fellow is pretty darn good, and he's going to be behind Ellie Delight, uh, who was really, really good last week. So I wouldn't disagree with you on uh, the fact that it should be a battle between the two inside ones on uh, in race eight. 
Race number nine features uh, another division of the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series. And Pete, uh, it features the return of champion Lady Shadow. Uh, Lady Shadow has been putting in some uh, very good qualifying uh, attempts at Yonkers Raceway. But the two starts over the Yonkers Raceway surface, she was third, came right back and finished uh, second. Uh, Another horse that kind of looks interesting here is the four, Odd Deluxe Bluegrass. Um, Obviously, uh, it has Matt Kikele listed uh, after he suffered the injury uh, last or earlier this week. Uh, Obviously, he will not be driving, uh, but the four looks like a strong uh, contender and safe from terror has been racing pretty well at Yonkers as well. Yeah, again, as you pointed out when you were speaking to the great mystery guest, uh, Larry Stolbaum, a little while ago, and it really is great having Larry back at Yonkers. Uh, obviously, draws uh, behind the eight ball on uh, this Friday, but I think expect the State for Terror to be a, a major force in the series. And it's interesting on both Lady Shadow uh, and Odilox bluegrass uh you've got some trainer activity there you got richie bank had taken over a little while ago with the lady shadow and uh and i always always move a horse up when eddie hart's training and he's not taking over the uh, odalox bluegrass uh making uh only the second start of the year and you expect that one to move forward so uh i, I think uh, you get, you're going to get a, obviously a little better price on odalox bluegrass and i i think while i, I kind of went with the favorites in the first couple races i think Basically, the story for the first week on Friday and Saturday is going to be try and shop around a little bit. And uh, my fondness for Eddie Hart is going to probably steer me to the full horse on Friday night. All right, race number uh, 10 is another division of the Blue Chip Matchmaker. Again, a pretty strong field debate. We heard Larry Staubaum talk about how much he really likes Miss Irish Rose, who really hasn't made a whole lot of money considering she's won 17 of 47 races for $110,000. But obviously she's got a lot of speed, but obviously she's going to have to overcome post-state. Mackenzie is making her 2018 debut, and uh, she gets a, a rough spot to do that as well so i think this race is pretty wide open you've got regal Electric who's coming off a scratch sick that could be a question mark as well and then of course you have liz patty who just you know she kind of races okay every now and again against these top flights of mares so if you're looking for a long shot this might be the race beat to take a chance I wouldn't disagree with that. I remember talking to Jordan Stratton before last year's Blue Chip Matchmaker, and he told me that Mackenzie A was even better than Celibate N, and so I, I, I was uh, looking, keeping an eye on that one. And he, Mackenzie A really worked her way into the series as it went on and then really exploded in the final. And I'm kind of expecting the same path for that one here. Uh, you know, he's got the seven hole on Friday. She's got the seven hole on Friday, and she's got a – you know, a while to go in the series, and I'm not expecting big things from that. So I think Larry may be right. He may be able to look to his left and see not a lot of horses leaving the gate. I'm also looking at Twinkle. Uh, I just uh, I'm intrigued by Ross Crying coming up up from Florida with that one. I, I don't know. I want to see if the, that one may be able to get get herself in a good position uh, up front and maybe uh, steal one of the legs. All right. Saturday night features the George Morton Levy series. Uh, purse $50,000 for those legs and race number four kicks things off and boy what a loaded field this is uh, Larry Stahlbaum has Chumley from post number six uh, Blood Brother is in here uh, Mocket So uh, has been qualifying at the Meadowlands uh, over the past couple of starts Pete uh, this is from a morning line standpoint a, a very wide open field yeah I think this is the most difficult one for me on the weekend uh, Chumley A if you've 
watched the last two races. I know you were talking about the last start when this one never saw the cones. Didn't see the cones in the race before that and picked up a win in that race. A uh, little fumbly gated as you watch him go, but uh, uh, I, I'm actually going to go in that direction uh, with Larry this one. I, I just feel compelled after those last couple of efforts. Again, I think you probably want to shop around for a little bit of a price here. Uh, Market So is, uh, I think, the most talented of the bunch. Uh, earned 700000 last year and was third in the Breeders' Crown Final. Uh, but I, I'm going to try and take a shot against that one, and I think Larry's as good a place to put your money on uh, on Saturday night. All right, uh, Division Two of the George Morton Levy Series starts a pick four in race number five, and of course you have Keystone Velocity, a horse that just had a ginormous year last year. Older pace of the year, seven hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars in the banks, and the bank qualified well at Pocono, but will have to start from post position number seven. And there are some talented horses inside of him. Chris and me, the two-to-one morning line favorite, came over to the states with a lot of fanfare last year. Uh, and made $109,000. Wasn't raced uh, terribly much, only 15 starts, only three starts this year, still looking for his first win. Waikiki Beach is a horse that's on a lot of people's radar. Another horse coming over whenever Ross Krogan brings one over uh, from overseas. I think you have to pay attention to him, and the, and the races at the Pompano have been impressive. What say you about this one? Yeah, I think this is probably the most interesting field. Uh, you know, Keystone Velocity's win last year, that was just an example of Dan Dubay following the, the, the maximum aggressiveness wins races. We talked to him after the race last year, and he said, well, I wasn't going to get anything unless I left the gate, and so uh, I decided to give him a shot and gave him a shot and actually picked up the win. So I don't expect that to happen on this uh, this Friday, starting from the seven hole. But uh, obviously, Keystone Velocity will be one to watch as the series goes on. And I think the other two that you mentioned, the down under types. I mean, look, you're looking at a horse who made two million dollars in Chris and Mian and was a 2015 New Zealand Horse of the Year. So uh, I think this is finally a spot where Chris and Me will be able to roll. Has uh, looked okay when I've seen uh, that one at Yonkers. I think uh, I think uh, Chris and Me will be will be really fired up and ready to go on Friday and. It looked like Kiki Beach is two for two, earned 700000 down under. And if you want to talk about company lines, this is one that had three second-place finishes to the great Lazarus down under. So that just, just jumps off the page. So, again, I expect this one to be a major force in the series. The one concern I have about this one, the last parameters will start being uh, February 11th and then has missed a little time since then. I'd probably give the edge, therefore, to Chris and Mann. All right, race number six is up next. And talk about a race where uh, the the three uh, bigger favorites drew to, to the inside. Exactly. Uh, Dr. J. <laughs> this, is, this is one of those races where it's kind of like you have the three or four horses to the inside, and then there's those couple to the outside. But, you know, Dr. J. Hanover uh, came firing back for trader Tony Alanya, uh, was second at the Meadowlands in 150-2. and two. two Awesomeness, who happens to be in this field, uh, who draws post number four. Uh, the question I have about Awesomeness uh, is the fact, can he race on a half-mile track? I think that's yet to be seen. Yeah, that is, that's exactly correct. Whereas the three inside horses are absolutely proven commodities, you know, you don't, you don't, you're never going to see a horse like Dr. J Hanover from the rail taking back and taking off the gate. So you just know that one's going to be exploding. I had a very useful prep. I thought uh, last week at the, at the Meadowlands, he finished second behind Awesomeness, and uh, then of course you have uh, somewhere in L.A. who was really good last year, but had a lot of very brutal trips. But I thought this one, as the year went on needed some refreshing, 
has now come back, looked very good against, uh, obviously, lesser competition. Uh, so you expect that one to be put in play as well. And uh, all bets off, again, uh, uh, coming uh, off a, a bit of a layoff, making the 2018 debut, but a super, super talented multimillionaire. So uh, I, I probably am going to go with Dr. Jay Hanover just because I think he has the tactical advantage and he is not going to waste it going for, you know, we talk about the final and how much it goes for, but, you know, look, we got $250,000 in purses going uh, just for the five uh, divisions of the, the Levy. Uh, so they're going to want to grab as big a chunk of that as they can, and I think uh, they're all going to be chasing that one. Race 7 starts the 50-cent pick 5, another division, the fourth of uh, five divisions on the card for the George Morton Levy Series. And, you know, Rock and Ron is one of those horses that never really seems to get the limelight or credit he deserves. It's got to be the quietest $525,000 ever earned in a year, eight wins of 25 starts. But he's just a, a horse, a hard-knocking horse that is always right there competitive with these top flights. You have Western Dynasty uh, from the rail making his – uh, 2018 five-year-old debut. Plus, you've got some others. Even in the pleasures, I think always a, a threat if given the right trip. What do you think about the seventh, the start of the pick five? Yeah, very interesting race. I thought this was it was also a, a difficult one. Uh, even in a pleasure, obviously changing bonds to the Bonjournos, uh, and it'll be interesting. This one uh, did some pretty good work here last year at Yonkers. Uh, but and Rock and Ron is coming off with that uh, rather disappointing effort uh, in his last. Uh, I thought he just kind of gave way uh, too much. But look, Ron Burke and uh, Yannick Jingras taking Jingra taking over this week. Uh, they're going to have that one ready to go. Uh, I was interested in hearing what Larry had to say about Simply Sensational, and uh, uh, I had a sense that this one might have some uh, ability down the line. Probably not early in the series, but I think uh, with the good draw, you would expect Larry, as aggressive as he is, to to find find a way to get this one involved in uh you pointed out western dynasty i i just kind of thought was kind of a cut below what you'd want to see in the in the levy but uh certainly capable of springing the upset i mean you guys are running that march madness contest is not not uh, the 68 teams not many of them can win the tournament but they're capable of springing an upset upset at any given time and perhaps this, with this draw and jason bartlett aboard western dynasty can can spring an upset if uh, the others don't bring their a game Oh, well, now we had Mike Carter on mute. Mike Carter, sorry about that, my friend. <laughs> I, I kept myself on mute. Uh, well, race number 11 is kind of an interesting race for me, Pete, in the fact that Bit of a Legend uh, makes his return uh, after a successful Levy campaign last year. And, and we know not to put too much uh, too much into a qualifier, but the qualifier uh, here at, at Yonkers Raceway uh, last time out, uh, it wasn't really anything to write home about. Uh, obviously, Western Dynasty uh, showed, uh, showed Bit of a Legend, uh, not really showed him up, but just kind of won, you know, won. Uh, decisively and, and it's an interesting race in the fact that they're you know missile J draws to the inside you've got long live rock this is a uh, this is a tougher race on paper uh, than it may seem yeah, uh, let me let me just in the interest of full disclosure, uh, we all have our favorites, and my favorite is Bit of a Legend. I've just been super impressed by this horse over the last couple of years, and I wasn't at all discouraged by that qualifier. Actually, I I, I know Jordan wasn't, uh, and they, they tend to handle this horse uh, relatively gingerly until the time comes where they really have to press the go button. Uh, and I don't know that Saturday is going to be the day for Bit of a Legend. Frankly, I mean he's got a couple of horses to his inside uh, who both uh, have enough speed to perhaps dissuade him from uh, making a move to the top, particularly making his 
2018 debut, Missile J was just super. And really, the thing that was impressive about that last year in the series, uh, he was doing that as a four-year-old, which is extremely difficult. I had a tough draw in the final, but was still able to, to, to finish pretty well in that race. And the other one I think has just been good lately, and he's always a cut below but I think he's going to be a factor on uh, on Saturday, and that's Great Vintage, who uh, has come back looking very sharp. Another one who I thought needed a bit of a refreshing. He got the refreshing, and he he was good and very aggressively driven in his debut, and just kind of came home with some ease last week, uh, albeit against uh, against weaker. Uh, Saturday, I'm, I'm probably going to end up going with either a Great Vintage or Missile J, but I think those two are going to be a good exact box with a bit of a legend getting a sort of a, a good debut, good tightener into him before the rest of the series. Pete, it's a, it's a great time of year, and it's all downhill from here, my friend. We've got warm weather peeking around the corner. We've got some exciting racing action coming up on Friday and Saturday nights over the next six weeks at Yonkers Raceway. It's certainly going to be great. And, uh, Pete, uh, we're going to have to uh, keep you on speed dial, my friend, because we're going to need some help as the Levy Series progresses, and uh, we're probably going to have to check in with you another time or two or three before this thing gets uh, to a wrap. Love to be with you guys. Do a great job promoting our sport, and that's we need more than anything else. All right. Thank you, Pete. Okay. Go on, guys. That was Pete Vanalia from Yonkers Raceway, and uh, just a, a great time of year. Like I said, warm weather's around the corner. You've got all these hard-knocking Philly and Paces and older uh, male Paces doing battle for good, good money at Yonkers Raceway. And, of course, no passing lane, so it's going to be interesting to see, Mike, how that strategy plays out with a lot of these horses going forward. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how it all kind of works itself out. Who's going to show speed? Who's going to kind of lay back off the pace? Um, I'm interested to see what kind of uh, effect the passing lane has on the stakes races at Yonkers Raceway. We're about to find out uh, coming up this weekend. All right, we're going to take a very quick time out when we come back. It's Mystery Guest 2. Who can it be? Killing us. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keith Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the matchmaker and Levy series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Ever want to sit behind an actual racehorse? Check out the I Want to Be a Driver event coming up on Sunday, March 25th at Rosecroft. For more information, call Gina Maybe at 240-766-7869. Rosecroft Raceway. We race. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. 
Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by a very special guest, uh, New Vocations' own Winnie Morgan Nemeth. Winnie, what's going on? Hi, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Well, listen, before we dive into this interview, we've got some good stuff to talk about, about uh, horse racing, horse aftercare. But, Mike, uh, we wanted to talk about uh, a little bit of news that we had. Um, We've got a campaign uh, where we're working with uh, New Vocations in 2018 um, to kind of feature some of the race horses that they have that are uh, up for adoption. We're also on a campaign to raise some money uh, for New Vocations, which you can visit newvocations.com for. And uh, we're, we're really excited. Uh, about an upcoming live remote that we're going to do. We're actually going to the Jackson, Michigan Fairgrounds uh, on their uh, their one-day race card, their closing day. We're going to have a uh, new vocations-style uh, telethon and we're going to have uh, we're going to do a live remote out there. We're going to cover the races. So uh, we've been approved and uh, things are looking up. Yeah, that's certainly going to be exciting, guys. Looking forward to that. Of course, back in I, I was in Michigan for uh, for ten years, starting in two thousand and four. And when I first started there, they had so many racetracks going. I mean, Sports Creek and Saginaw and Jackson and uh, Hazel Park, and of course Northville. And they're down to one harness track there, so it's kind of sad how things have gone there. But Jackson's going to get one final hurrah. Mike Carter, you're going to be there, and we're going to be trying to raise some money for a new vocations. And uh, Winnie, I'll get to him before you do. It's new vocations. Org. So just remember that. <laughs> Sorry, my That's right. <laughs> when you get that, that's okay, Mike. But anyway, you can get on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Click that link right there. And that's also uh, the new vocations ad and link is also in our newsletter each and every Thursday as well. But uh, Winnie, you certainly have to be excited not only about uh, the amount of money that you guys have raised so far for aftercare and all the generous sponsors and supporters, but you have to be excited. There's a new initiative that just came out from the USTA and it looks like that harness racing is placing a lot more emphasis than it has in the past on aftercare. And that is a very, very good thing. It is a very good thing. Yes, it is. Anytime that I think um, our industry can come up with something uh, like the Standard Red Transition Alliance initiative that Mike Tanner presented over the weekend at the USTA meetings. Um, it just is a is a good positive thing for the whole sport um, and for everyone watching. When you talk about uh, a little bit about uh, what went into getting this uh, initiative, I know we, we me and you kind of talked off the record yesterday uh, about how much uh, hard work everybody has kind of put into this. But racehorse aftercare is super, super important. Uh, obviously, we don't want to see any racehorse uh, go by the wayside. It is. It's really important. And, you know, really within probably the past five or six years um, with the formation of the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance, um, they were the first ones to really, um, you know, put a focus on that 
and that aftercare was a priority and that we really needed to bring funding to 501c3 organizations that are rehoming and caring for retired racehorses. And um, about four years ago, um, Michelle Crawford was very vocal and, and is very passionate about saving as many racehorses as she can, um, had come to myself and some other um, aftercare organizations, and we started brainstorming some ideas kind of after the TAA. And uh, as that started to form, we had some meetings uh, with leading trainers, leading drivers and owners um, that are also passionate about it and, you know, really wanting to come together to make a change. And we kind of pre we presented our proposal um, close to two and a half years ago to the USTA. And then from that, we're able to meet and start forming this idea with Mike Tanner, um, obviously wanting their support. And uh, together, it's just kind of been a, a big group effort to uh, try to get this off and running. And it is only a proposal, so nothing is set in stone at this time. Um, and the committee is going to be headed by uh, Don Marine, who is from Maine, District 9, as well as Director Fred Nichols from Maine, District 9, and Jackie Agracia, who's from District 12, New Jersey. So anybody that is has an interest in aftercare, or wanting to see more about how this is going to start. And, you know, it's very much in the planning stages, um, but they're kind of launching an advisory committee. Um, I would suggest to reach out to one of those directors or myself. Visiting live with Winnie Morgan Nemeth when he's from New Vocations. Uh, Winnie, let's talk about uh, some of the efforts New Vocations has made in particular and some of the horses that have now been adopted. We talked about uh, J.J. Hall, of course. We're doing a monthly article on the newsletter. J.J. Hall, somebody called you kind of out of the clear blue, and J.J. Hall's now adopted, and you've got a <laughs> lot of stories that are similar to that, Winnie, where you know we're starting to find good homes for these horses now. Yes, I mean, um, it's it's not a mystery that our standard breds make great horses after they're done racing. They're great on the track, and they're equally as great off the track due to the great, you know, training and experience that they get. Um, many people, uh, well, for many years, since 1992, we've been placing standard breds into um, homes as riding horses or driving horses. But um, at our in our program, we retrain them to ride, uh, give them that skill, and then we find them an approved home. And uh, as you mentioned, J.J. Hall, he's former Ohio Horse of the Year, uh, a trotter trained um, here in Ohio by Scott Mogan. And uh, he came into our program late November, and you guys focused on him last month. And we, like, within a day or two after that, um, and a, a approved adopter, you know, was on Google and kind of searching some of our horses and found that article and just loved it. She wanted to have a famous horse and she wanted to have a kind horse that she could ride and drive and JJ fit the bill. So we were so excited to see him head to North Carolina. Winnie, we've got another uh, featured horse coming up uh, in just a little bit uh, in LT's Best. And uh, we don't want to go too far into him because we don't want to uh, cut off uh, Jessica's article by any sense. But LT's Best and some of these horses um, that wind up in your program, how if people don't really know how they get to new vocations or kind of how you guys get involved, um, what how, how do they kind of get into your program? Um, what we do is we take horses that are retiring from the track. So anytime ages from two till um, mandatory retirement, which is 15, um, horses that have raced within the past year, 
to year and a half is, is the um, age group that we're serving. We've always felt that if we could get the horses coming directly from their owners or trainers before, you know, within that time frame, we have a better chance of getting them retrained and rehomed versus, you know, them leaving the track and then kind of falling through the gaps. So um, when a horse is ready to retire or they've had an injury, uh, they need some rehab time, but they still feel that, you know, they've got plenty of life left, they're sound in the future, you know, as a riding horse, we take them and uh, at one of our farms and we get them retrained. We take professional photos of them. We take videos of them and then we put them on our website um, and we have, you know, we will receive, start receiving applications on those horses. We screen the applicants and try to match the person up with the right horse. Fantastic. Well, Wendy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, once again, if anybody uh, not only maybe is interested in adopting one of these fine animals, but if somebody wants to donate, I know we've been steering them to our website to donate through that. But, uh, you know, if for some reason, if they don't have access to our website, how can they make a donation to you guys? They can visit our website, um, newvocations.org, and there is a link on how to donate, and everything is tax deductible. Um, and you can specify too. Uh, we have different options. You know, you can donate, like Mike likes to say, a blanket for fifty dollars, or vaccinations, or anything like that for our standard red program. Um, we will place over a hundred standard reds. Um, we've done that for the past few years, and uh, into approved homes. So we typically have twenty-five to thirty standard reds in our program at all time that are in training or rehabbing. Fantastic. Well, listen, Wendy, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and it's a pleasure to work with you guys in this Give Back campaign. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can make it happen. I think it's a long time that Harness Racing takes this seriously, and I think the ball is starting to roll now and uh, in our favor. So hopefully that continues along. Yes, thank you. And we thank you guys so much for your support. I'm really looking forward to the Jackson, Michigan um, event. Uh, I I also lived in Michigan for a long time and took many horses from 2004 to 2009 that raced at Jackson Raceway. Um, So I'm so excited to see that happen. All right. Thank you very much, Winnie. Thanks. All right. That was Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations, and it's good to see Harness Racing taking this uh, seriously about aftercare uh, for our equine athletes because I think that's very, very important. And I think if you look at a lot of sports, I think they've kind of, you know, dropped the ball when it comes to aftercare for their athletes or when their athletes are retiring. I mean, you see the concussion thing going on in the NFL. You see a lot of different things going on in a lot of sports, and it's good to see that Harness Racing is, uh, you know, doing its due diligence, making care. Making sure that these equine athletes are uh, taken care of going forward. Yeah, definitely, Mike. And uh, you know, it, we're we're excited to be helping them out and uh, trying to raise a little bit of money for them. And Mike, uh, we're doing this Jackson, Michigan Fairgrounds thing. We want everybody to know. And uh, Mike, we 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 try not to uh, we try not to get uh, too big at our britches as far as uh, the advertising angle goes. But we are selling advertising uh, for this show specifically, and one hundred percent of the. Um, advertising money will go to new vocations. So uh, feel free to reach out to uh, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Uh, there's plenty of advertising opportunities out there and uh, we're, we're trying to make this a really big deal. So, uh, you know, if you could, you know, uh, maybe buy a couple of 30 second commercials, uh, maybe buy an ad in the newsletter that week, what have you, uh, it would definitely help out. Every little bit helps. And uh, we want to try to uh, attack this thing, uh, you know, like we know how to do Mike. 
Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Jackson Raceway is a place that, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, uh, they really made a big, big effort to try to push the sport of harness racing. I mean, they were a place that, you know, used to fill those stands and, and, you know, talking to Brett Boy, talking to uh, Dan Rakuten, some of the uh, guys that kind of ran Jackson Raceway or announced the Jackson Raceway before uh, it closed, you hear some really good stories about Jackson. I mean, they they had it going on. I mean, they were, you know, two, three, four thousand. As a matter of fact, Mike, I remember a couple of live nights, and this kind of drove us crazy a little bit. But I remember, I mean, just live, not on their signal, because they didn't send their signal out. But they outhandled Hazel Park live a couple of times that's that's how much wow. of a crowd that they got and i'm gonna tell you what hazel park did very very good live i'm not talking about you know i'm talking about like in the 80 90 thousand dollar neighborhood so that's good wow. that was good that was good good stuff and uh so they're gonna get one more hurrah i mean i know they tried to bring jackson back and uh never quite worked out but uh they're gonna kind of get one more hurrah and i think it's gonna be bittersweet for a lot of people because i know a lot of people a lot of you know horsemen and racing fans there in that jackson area wanted that uh preserved for harness racing but uh, it wasn't meant to be so they kind of get one final hurrah and uh, mike carter you're gonna be there watching all the action and uh We'll be doing a special remote from there, so that's going to be good, and it's all going to go towards new vocations. So this is part of our Give Back campaign, and, uh, you know, I'm glad Harness Racing's taking it seriously. We're certainly taking it seriously here on Post Time with Mike and Mike as far as finding a good home for these horses when they're done racing, and, uh, you know, hopefully this is something we can build on, Mike, and uh, kind of like a snowball effect, get that thing rolling downhill. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, visit newvocations.org. Visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Uh, our live remote schedule will be coming out uh, hopefully within the next week. Mike, I got some Facebook memories. We sent out our press release today last year. So uh, so, we, so we're so we behind the eight ball a little bit uh, as far as that goes, but we're working on finalizing a couple of details, and uh, hopefully we'll have that out. But we are going to Jackson Raceway in Michigan, so feel free to stop by the table, say hello. Myself and Jess Gotten will be out there uh, doing our thing. Uh, Mike Bozich will be doing the announcing thing at Harris, Philadelphia, when he finally goes back to work. And, uh, and that's uh, coming up, buddy. Two weeks, yeah. Couple weeks. Harris, Harris, Philadelphia. Listen, I'm, I, and people don't know this because we talk like this off the air, but I'm ready for him to go back to work. That's for sure. <laughs> I am ready for him to go back to work because then maybe I'll be able to record a commercial or maybe be able to write uh, an article yeah. or something. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, well, no, you've been writing a lot of articles in the newsletter. You've been pretty busy. Well, listen, with this Levy thing coming around now, especially with the 64 man tournament this year, uh, you're going to be, uh, and by the way, um, okay, so what do you say? We're not going to give an exact number, but do a majority of people have their picks in yet? I'm still working on it. We have about maybe, I want to say, a quarter to half. So if you haven't got your picks in, you have until 9.30 tonight. Uh, we got, you know, we're running into a situation where, uh, where we may have, <laughs> where we're trying to make sure that everybody who, you know, everybody who, is facing somebody if you know selections weren't turned in or what have you we don't have two teams together that weren't uh in you know didn't turn their selections in we'll kind of figure all that out but uh we're is make there, sure you there get po- selections in. is there a possibility the box might stay open a little longer 
Um, there, there's a possibility, but I won't know that until later. Um, I've started okay. working on the score sheet, but I won't know until uh, until uh, about maybe six. 6:30, something like that, that the box will stay open. So, uh, stay tuned to our social media. You know, we said we're not going to send out any reminders, but at this point, I want to make sure that we get in as many as we can. Yeah, we've already sent out a, a couple of emails to everybody, and but uh, once again, just uh, email Mike. All you got to do is email Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com with your selections. Don't delay because if you snooze, you lose, and it's a $500 prize this year sponsored by the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York. The top four pay 250 for first, 150 for second, and 50 bucks for third and fourth. So if you can make the final four out of that 64-man tournament, you're in. And March Madness actually starts today. Uh, the actual March Madness starts today for Harness Ra- uh, for uh, basketball. Harness Racing's March Madness starts on Saturday. We've got one very quick, very quick uh, timeout to take, and when we come back, we'll wrap this thing up on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're about to wrap this thing up. And I'll tell you what, what a fantastic show. Thanks to all our guests for coming on this week. Don't forget, next week, Ric Flair, the nature boy, will be on the program. We're also... uh, you know, going to talk to him about uh, lost in time, talk about uh, some of the things harness racing might be able to take away from the WWE. So it'd be cool to get Rick Flair on the program. Also, don't forget to check out our newsletter, Mike. Uh, you say, you know, is it going to be five o'clock this week? Are we aiming for five or are we going to go for like eight? When you could guarantee me the box for the Levy is going to close at nine thirty tonight. I'll guarantee you we get the newsletter out at five. How about that? So it might be a little later. The, the box at the the Levy box closes at nine thirty. Don't miss the box out. Might, a, the box might beat the newsletter tonight. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, for Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you here next week, where we'll be doing a little bit of wooing. First post, ten thirty. Good night, everybody. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't.
Yeah.